We got men's basketball, women's basketball, women's ice hockey in the playoffs. And, I mean, men's and women's basketball will get there. But first, let's just run down the scores of our other, of our other teams in Syracuse to start off the week. So, softball, they go 2-2 two and two against UIC and Charleston. Fantastic stuff from them. Women's tennis, they had a bit of a rocky week. Their only match in the last seven days, they lost 4-3 to three to Virginia. That one came down to the doubles. Women's lacks, huge win. 16 to 6 against fellow competitor uh, fellow contender Stony Brook absolutely dominant and men's lax goodness gracious number 3 Virginia they destroyed them 20 to 10 i was especially impressed by that freshman presence that there was not to mention Stephen Rafis the assist man dishing out his own goal no look from way back about 20 yards top corner bar down fantastic but what else is fantastic the men's Basketball win against Clemson. Chile, what happened there? What was the key? Hey, I mean, this was a game that Syracuse needed. I mean, their championship, excuse me, their tournament hopes at this point are very bleak. But they found a way to win this one. You had a big uh, contribution from Alan Griffin. Uh, Buddy Beheim, we'll talk about him later in the show. He's been great as well. I mean, this was a... game that wasn't necessarily that high scoring in terms of some of these offensive numbers, but you, you have got to step up here to deliver it. Yeah, Chile, like you said, uh, Griffin, Alan Griffin, Buddy Beheim, 22 and 17 each. Clemson's a very good defensive team. They're one of the top in the ACC, one of the top in the country. So Syracuse putting up 64 points and shooting 38% from the field, I'll take that against a team like Clemson, who's going to battle and make you fight for every bucket. I definitely agree. I mean, the shooting percentage in that game on both sides was pretty atrocious. And that's not speaking to bad shooting. That's speaking to the great defense that was put on. It was really refreshing to see that from Syracuse because we haven't. We haven't seen good defense from them in the past. And that's going to be a definite confidence builder going forward into the ACC tournament with the possibility, the very, in my opinion, very unlikely possibility of a run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean... If you look at this ACC, it's not really stacked the way it was in previous years, but you do have teams like Duke who are starting to pick up uh, speed as they come towards the end of the ending of the season. Of course, you have your, your powers like Virginia. Still, I believe, the reigning national champion since there was no March Madness last year. But um, this is this is a tournament which I don't think, I don't see Syracuse winning. I think it would... If obviously it happened, it'd really be like some shock kind of thing. But it, it's it's most likely not going to happen. But I mean, I'm still optimistic to at least see how this team plays going through the tournament. Yeah, I think the chance that they actually win are one in a million. Yeah. But let's be honest, they can probably get a first round win if they're going to be playing a team like maybe Clemson again, maybe NC State, maybe Pitt. So one of those mid tier teams that's right around Syracuse, they can get a convincing win there, and then maybe. 
go against one of the top teams in like Florida State or Virginia and not lose by a lot like we know they can, <laughs> that would be a pretty good thing for them is that would probably put them at least into the consideration for a spot in the tournament. Yeah, maybe in one of those playing games where it really like sixty eight teams. But hey, you're in at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it just in depends it. what you do. Yeah, I wanted to talk about real quick about uh, about Jim Beheim <laughs> after the game the other day. Oh, Jim. So uh, basically, the whole story thing <laughs> here is that uh, there was a reporter, Matthew Gutierrez from the Athletic. I believe he's a former SU and Citrus TV alum. All three of us are at Citrus TV, so it's a little note to put in there. But um, well, name drop. <laughs> but um, well. Um, what I wanted to talk about is that he was talking about how, I think it was about Jesse Edwards and Kenari Richmond, why they haven't started previously in the season. And Behai basically essentially made fun of him and was like, oh, you haven't coached for 45 years. And it's like, oh, you're five foot two. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to get your thoughts about that. Well, um, I mean, we give our opinion on basketball a lot, but look, I'm, I'm five foot eight. I, I really shouldn't even be here. That I can't. <laughs> I mean, I get I I've, I've scored some buckets in my day, but I guess that wasn't actually basketball. I mean, I, I I really can't speak about this. I'm not allowed to. I'm not the authority. I I I'm five foot eight. That's, yeah, that's not tall. By the enough. same respect, I'm five ten. So you I, might be in the conversation. Yeah, but I also can't shoot for my life. So if we're playing, if we play, it doesn't a game, matter. You're five ten. That you you clearly are an authority. I can, I can pass the ball and I can get the occasional rebound, but uh. When it comes to shooting, that's not my forte. Can I consider this like pleading the fifth? I guess not speaking on anything. Pleading, pleading the fifth by our height. <laughs> I think you can gauge from my from my tone the, the how deep the sarcasm is. But I, I mean, we, we saw this earlier in the season with Coach K asking the the student the the student reporter, "What's your major?" in response to questions about the game. Uh, coaches are kind of losing it. Yeah. There's a lot to deal with outside of basketball, and I don't think it's totally warranted for Jim Beheim to to start a, talking to the reporter like that, but it's also, you can give him a pat. It's a little excusable. I just don't get, with you talking about the Coach K incident, right? Like, Duke was like in a downward spiral at that point in time. Here's the thing, like, does Cuse have the chance of getting into March Madness? Probably not. But, like, this was a win here against a very decent Clemson team. And you come out with this kind of commentary. Like, I, I genuinely wonder why he seemed so unhappy. I mean, Jim just kind of also has this personality. He's not afraid to speak his mind. We've seen it in the past, whether it's this year or in the past. He was talking about Jalen Johnson a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and the media uh, gave him criticism for that. So this is nothing new, I feel like, that we've seen from Bayheim. But, uh... Just goes to show that the team a little frustrated, maybe. Because, like you said, they might not even be a uh, team that's going into March Madness. That's probably something that Beheim really values. And also, one last thing, it's not plead the fifth. It's plead the five foot. Oh, <laughs> wow. And with that, why don't we segue into some women's basketball at this point. Uh, just rounding out the, the previous games of the week after the men's basketball. Uh after the, before the Clemson game, Cuse just beat North Carolina Monday night, seventy-two to seventy. They lost in Atlanta to Georgia Tech, eighty-four to seventy-seven. Of course, uh, not able to finish that one off, but they did win the final two games of our broadcast week. So with that, we'll segue into women's basketball. Um, SU ended the season against 
the number two ranked at the time, NC State, um, in which they lost 68-61. to They put up a fight, but they just couldn't get it done. Yeah, that game they couldn't get it done, but now we're in the ACC tournament. They're cruising. So yeah. we were a little worried after that, but there's nothing... We were a little worried about that, but there, there's nothing too much to be that scared about. They go up against... I mean, I know, BC is not top of the top. This is a team that Syracuse routinely smacks all around the court. But Kara Lewis, 21 points, and Amaya Finkley Giddy off the bench grabbing 12, not to mention Dinah Stroutman A. Double digits for her as well. When that happens, even when it's against a team like Boston College, you got to be impressed. And you've got to also remember this team was playing out without Tiana Mankakahia yesterday, who was uh, out due to injury. I mean, that's, that's a big step up, you know. This team had to find a way to win at the last minute. You talk about Lewis coming in with 21 points. Emily Angsler, she only had 8, but she had 10 rebounds. Excuse me, 15 rebounds. You know, Strotman with t- uh, 13 points. Mankley Aguidi, she had 12 off the bench. This is a team, like I've said at numerous points during this season, when one woman goes down, they know how to find another one to come up. Not everybody's going to be. I mean, Emily Angsler, for the most part, has been a very consistent player, even having that bench role throughout the season. But, like, when somebody on this team doesn't show up, there's always another person ready to, to pick up the slack. Yeah, right now, like you said, picking up the stack. Right now, it's Kiara Lewis, averaging 17 this year in the redshirt senior year. She's been playing great in the absence. Um, just going into the tournament, though, they're not going to, like, into the ACC tournament, as you said, the loss to NC State, that was a decent loss. They had lost by a lot more than that earlier in the season to them. But go against a Boston College team, that's a team that you routinely beat, and you routinely beat by more than six points. So that could be some concern. They've been a little up and down recently. We'll see how they rebound in the second game that they have to play. Yeah, and I believe that is today at 2.30 against uh, Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, Florida State, um, they're, listen, you've got to give them credit. They are a good team. Uh, they beat Syracuse last time they played. Remember, Syracuse started off in that game 9-2, and, and once they took that timeout of uh, Florida State, they basically took the lead and never gave it back. Um but Sarah, excuse me, Florida State, they've also beaten Louisville this year, who's a, very good in their own right. Uh, they lost them the first time, but the second time they did win. And they've had some, some quality wins here throughout the course of the season. I mean, Virginia Tech is an up and rising program. Uh, they beat them as well. This is a team that's going to give you give you really good play, as we saw how, uh, we saw last time. Syracuse thought they had it comfortable early, but uh, they let off a little bit, and they ultimately got beat. Yeah, you had mentioned the 9-2 run, and after the timeout, they were outscored 65-43 to by FSU. Not a good look for them. Although you want to keep it close, FSU is, yes, a good team, but they need to do better than that, and they need to try to be able to get a win in this tournament today. Yeah, I mean, I think they will. I think they will get that win over Florida State. FSU is not the best team there is. And this women's team for Syracuse is going into this with a lot of confidence. They know, I mean, Tiana Mankaya, whether or not she plays, they know that they can win without her. Again, it was against BC, who is usually Syracuse's uh, favorite team to just, you know, smash Just push around. around a yeah, little push bit. around. But I think they're coming into this with a fair amount of confidence, and I don't see FSU taking the dub 
going going forward, they're going to come up against much tougher opponents. I mean, they're going up against number four in the ACC, Florida State, today. But they're, when they go up against tougher opponents, then we'll start having different conversations. But I until mean, that point. just look at the semis. Uh, if Syracuse beats Florida State today, they then have to face either Louisville or Wake Forest. I think we, I think we're pretty sure that Louisville's going to win this game and win that game in the bracket. Uh, so Syracuse is going to have tests before even making it to the championship. That's if they do. So going to be a, a very... Even there, they could play a team like NC State. Mm-hmm. And as good as this team was yesterday without Manga Kahia, then again, it's Boston College. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the levels of, of competition uh, between those two teams are, are completely astronomical. How far does this team go in the, the big dance? You know... Looking at the entire women's field, of course you see teams like, say, uh, UConn, as always, uh, South Carolina, NC State. um, Mississippi State. I think this team, obviously, they're going to make it in the tournament. I think that if they really play well, maybe Sweet 16, Elite 8. I'm not sure about Final Four championship this year. I think their ceiling is the Sweet 16, and that's, for me, being generous. This team's been a little too shaky recently, going win-loss, win-loss, and those wins have not been too convincing. They're going to find some teams in the conference in the tournament that are going to be very good and re- very prepared for this. So I think the ceiling is Sweet 16. I hope they prove me wrong. That's just my thoughts on it. That's an important note right there. That exactly. The, the inconsistency in shooting. I'm going to say that if they make it to the ACC championship, not win it, if they can beat Louisville, I'm, we're assuming it's Louisville, if they, and beat FSU today, then I think their floor is a Sweet 16. I think their ceiling... Well, if they if, can beat Louisville, that's a different story. That, and I think, they, I think they definitely can. I think their ceiling is a championship. I think that's very possible for this team. I'm not trying to be a fanatic, but Camila Cardoso already popping off as a freshman. She's only getting better throughout the season. The bench has been so key. And yeah, the shooting has been inconsistent. But we see this year in, year out with tons of teams. When it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to the tournament, everything shores up. That's one thing. That's one thing that I do like about this team. Uh, Going forward, this team is young. This team is going to dominate be one of the top teams in the ACC for for a few years to come after this year. Now, I wanted to just mention something real quickly, is that yesterday Syracuse played Boston College, and the game was not on TV. (laughs) Like, like, I I literally asked this question on Twitter yesterday, and there's been a few people popping off about it. But, like, how is it that you have a game in the ACC tournament with Syracuse, who's in there, and, okay, the designated... Regional Sports Network, as the term is in the sports business for Q's, is the Yes Network. Yes didn't have any Yankee game to show yesterday, and the game was just never shown live. Like, that's problematic. Yeah. If there's nothing else to show, I don't see why not. Exactly. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like... like They're good. Exactly. This is one of the best teams on campus. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 sure, there's a men's basketball game going on. That takes priority usually. If and if they have, and if they have like professional, um, yeah, like I mean, robots, it is the Yankees like, network. Like we saw in in September when Cuse had the first game at the Dome 
in the renovated dome, that game was not shown on TV because, yes, had a Yankees conflict at that time, which is 100% acceptable. Yeah, that's uh, well, not, well, actually, no, I'm a Red Sox fan, so no, the Yankees, never, never show the Yankees. <laughs> you should never put the Yankees on TV. Don't give them that kind of exposure. You know, they I, can't I, even I, get on their as, own As network. a Mets fan, no. I agree with that. Exactly. Listen, listen, the Yankee hate is strong among these two. But well, like, that's because they're the evil empire and they're evil and I hate them. At the end of the day, Aaron knocked the ball out of out of Jason Veritek's glove. He or out of Bronson Royals glove and then punched Jason Veritek. I don't know, I was just born on the wrong side of New York. <laughs> no, you were born on the right side. Well, at, fair. The, at the end of the day, Yankees suck. It is just <laughs> aside from the baseball conversation, it just it 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 it's unexcusable at this point. Inexcusable. You've got to be able to show these games. You sign contracts. You pay all this money and all this whatnot. The games have to be shown. People have to be able, especially, and like they can control all of this stuff. I was talking with you guys before the show here. If they wanted to put whatever they put, say the Michael K show in the city and then put the game out here, they can do that. They know how to control all that stuff and they didn't do it. You know, it, it's very frustrating and hopefully that doesn't happen again. Hopefully this game today. It's also scheduled to be on the regional sports network, which is most likely yes here. I don't even think that will be shown again today, because yes is supposed to be shown in the Yankees game today. This is absolutely crazy. Um, <laughs> but at least it looks like the games after that, if Syracuse makes them, are on the ACC network and ESPN2. So hopefully we will get to see those final couple of games. Um, but with that, that's pretty much the end of our women's basketball talk. And I mean, we can get into hockey at this point. Yes, we certainly can. Jessica D. Girolamo, week in, week out. Allison Small, week in, week out. I mean, those wins against Robert Morris, just absolutely electric. And then yesterday, yesterday they go out and they do it again. They do it to Lindenwood. I mean, Lindenwood we were sort of sure about. But Robert Morris, one of the top teams in the league. And we need to talk about... Not just Allison Small, but Amelia Van Vliet. We talked about her a couple weeks ago. So Allison Small, Robert Morris, 49 saves on Friday night. Record. 49 of 50 saves. 35 of 36 saves the next day. Fantastic. Here, the win was pretty much assured early on. So, a few minutes into the third, they say, What the heck? Let's take her out. Job well done. Faced a total of uh, t- 21 shots. She stopped 20. Or she uh, 21 sh- shots, she stopped 21. Bringing Amelia Van Vliet, the freshman, let her get her reps in. Eight saves on eight shots. Goaltending is in good hands after this season, but Allison Small, week in, week out. Fantastic, and, uh, and as I said, Jessica D. Girolamo. One goal, three assists. We've seen her score, and now we know that she can dish it too. This team is in good hands going into today's game against Penn State. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about... If you're talking about how this team has been playing lately, and forget Penn State's... I mean, Penn State's record is something that we do have to talk about as they are the best team in the CHA. But, listen, we've seen, and I've talked about this last week, you can compare it to other sports, that the team with the best record isn't necessarily the best team at the time they meet each other. This is a Q's team that, I mean, have all the games they've played have been against great opponents now. But, hey, they beat Robert Morris. Robert Morris ain't a bad team themselves. This team has been rolling. This team has been getting hot at the right time. And I think that that may be the thing that can help propel them over Penn State and move them along in this tournament. 
Yeah, this team has put a stretch of a few wins up on the board. And then yesterday, 6 nothing against Lindenwood. It wasn't just like they had one person score. They had six different people put on uh, net. A few different people also getting assists. This was basically the warm-up game to Penn State. That's how I'm going to view this. The day before, nice easy opponent. They've beaten three times in the regular season. And then the warm-up to what could be the game of the season for Penn State. And great goaltending as well, as you mentioned, Allison Small. She yeah, the 29 been, combined saves. She has been absolutely lights out. And you look at that game yesterday, was absolutely demolishing. Uh, this is a team, again, that is getting hot at the right time. And I stress that so much because I think it's so important. 6 nothing. Allison Small saved everything. And I, I'm really excited for, for the remainder of this tournament. Well, so Syracuse, Penn State. On the season, Syracuse is 1-2-1 and one against this team. Now, none of the... The only game that was decided by more than one goal was the game that Syracuse won. So early in the season, with the undeveloped... Underdeveloped, I should say... Syracuse team. This was close. Now, we're in the endgame. Syracuse has improved a lot. They're getting more electric in each of the three periods, and their defense has been much better at clearing the puck out sooner. Penn State doesn't know what they're up against, in my opinion. I'm not sure that this isn't a definite win. I would say, say that Penn State still has the advantage, but Syracuse has the element of surprise. They have the element of being unknown. And it's just not what Penn State is going to be expecting. They're going to go up against a different fight. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that. And you talk about the fact that Penn State has such a good record in the CHA this year. But the CHA as a whole hasn't even necessarily been of that good of a conference, especially towards the bottom half. So you collecting wins against a lot of these teams like, say, Lindenwood, I mean, of course they'll add up over time. But is that really the test of how good a team you are? You look at this Q's team, they have been getting really hot over the past few weeks here, and they have that element where they can shock, and again, you mentioned, this team looked horrible at the ending of this first, of the first half of the season, and at the beginning of the second half of the season, they looked horrible, and still, they were able to keep Penn State, they were able to hold it in there with Penn State and not get absolutely destroyed so this is really this is really going to be a great game and i really hope i think that Hughes has a chance to upset penn state here and i hope they do yeah you also just have to go back to when those games happened against penn state they played them four times in a row but the game before that canceled due to covid19 the game that syracuse played before that was a week prior to that when they just played rit and won seven to one so going into the penn state series they were just coming off their first win of the second half of the season and then played a good Penn State team for four straight games and put up some good fights in all four of them. Uh, and it's going to be a good game. We know that. Uh, we're pretty sure of that. But another good game is our three-minute drill. And, Casey, we brought you in here for a reason. So care to start us off in our three-minute drill? I would love to, Jesse. We previously discussed this. We said we're going to talk about baseball, and yeah. we both know we hate the Yankees, but we, but I at least love the Mets. 
They did some great things this offseason, bringing in Lindor, McCann, Taiwan Walker, some other guys, some other useful pieces. Randomly trading for Joey Lucchese, but we'll forget about that for right now. And then they have a solid team to begin with, with Jacob deGrom, Marcus Stroman. They have a solid pitching staff, Syndergaard coming back. The rest of their team on the, the infield, you have Nimmo, J.D. Davis, and Pete Alonso. Now you add Francisco Lindor and James McCann. The outfield's been solid with Conforto, uh, Nimmo, and Tom Smith. So this team is going to put up runs. This team's going to be able to get some pitching. They're going to be a very good team this year. I know we say that a lot, but hopefully they will make the playoffs. And if you just look at who they have to play, better than the uh, better than the Nationals, better than the Marlins, the Braves they can go toe-to-toe for. And in my opinion, I know you don't like this Chile, but I think they might be better than the Phillies. So they could easily make the playoffs with that record and with, well, with those schedule and with the players on their team. And my 30 seconds to respond starts right now. I completely agree. I think the Mets have a very good team. Now, you may not know this, but one of my favorite baseball players in the league is Brandon Nemo. He hustles the first on a walk. I love that. I'm not personally a Mets fan, but you got to respect it. Pete Alonso, he hit a monster grand slam in spring training yesterday on his mother's birthday, might I add. That was fantastic to watch, but I'm not sure they're the best in the NL East. They don't have the bats to support their pitching. Lindor and Alonso are just two, and I don't think that's enough. Braves all the way. Some hot takes there as we as we get towards. Uh, <laughs> so he's just upset because the Phillies weren't going to do so hot. Listen, I'm just not sure. Real quick about the Mets. I mean, you know, you guys have added a lot of pieces. You guys have had a decent amount of pitching. For, for a few years now, but you look at players, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you guys still have a real closer. I mean, Edwin Diaz has proven not to be it. Yeah, their closer situation is a little shaky, but they have a, they have a decent bullpen at least, and, so they can try to get around that. And also as well, you guys have been very susceptible to the injury bug over the past few years, so I'm not sure whether that will do you in, as it has in previous years. You guys made it up to the World Series in 2015, never really to get back there after that, after... I mean, basically, you had all these injuries. You had Cespedes, who just like completely disappeared off the off the face of the earth for a while, and uh, some things just didn't pan out. Matt Harvey didn't pan out. You know, it just wasn't it. Cespedes was getting the boar's head at the deli. <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes us to uh, our second half of the three-minute drill, and we're gonna move things over to the NL Central. My Cincinnati Redlegs. Sure, we're one less as far as Trevor Bauer, but Luis Castillo's back. This is going to be a good team. They've got the bats. Don't pay attention to that playoff series against the Braves. That was representative of of their season last year where they just hit tons of home runs and didn't try to get men on base as much. That mentality is changing this year. We've already seen that in spring training. Aristides Aquino is hitting more line drives. He's getting on base more. Gino, Eugenio Suarez, one of the best hitting third basemen in the league right now. Is changing up his game. And you know Joey Votto, the man who has popped out seven times in his career. This team has got it going on. Their offense needs no explanation. They're pitching while, yeah, the bullpen's shaky. That's the case with most teams in baseball right now. They're one of the best teams in the NL Central. I'm going to stand by that. Even without Trevor Bauer, they've still got the starting pitching to hold up. And I'm frankly sure that this team could make it to the playoffs possibly very deep. All right, and now it's time for my 30 seconds. And I like what you're saying, Jesse, about the Reds. Yes, they are a good team. They have the good pieces there. Vado, Suarez, in the outfield you have Castellanos, some other guys, and a bunch of other guys to help out. 
pitching, Luis Castillo. Uh, they lost Bauer, so their depth isn't great. But you also have to look at the NL Central. I'm not saying they're going to do bad, but you have to look. The Brewers were just two games behind them in the standings last year. They're going to bounce back. Cardinals and Cubs were ahead of them, and they both added. So it's going to be a very competitive NL Central. Do I think the Reds could possibly do it? Yes. Do I think they will? That is also to be proven. Good stuff there, talking about this. Uh, I'm excited for baseball season, guys. I'm, I'm very so excited. excited. If you look at if you look at the NL Central, if you talk about the NL, the NL East is going to be really nice this year. Uh, watching, I mean, pretty much almost everybody's going to be competitive. Dodgers, Padres. That's yes, race. that's Padres. Going to be. Another one of my, t- uh, one, another one of my teams. I try to go to a Padres game each year because I have family out in San Diego. So um, it's one of the nicest stadiums also, I've ever been to. That's true, and. MLB The Show is on Xbox now, so I'll be able to ball out with Fernando Tatis Jr. The reason I've had PlayStation for years. <laughs> yeah. I've had every MLB The Show since 2012. I have not. I'm not a big video game guy. I think I've told you guys that before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not either, but it's MLB The Show. Yeah, I don't think we count as gamers for playing, for playing sports games. Yeah. yeah, I guess. But you know who is a gamer? Our player of the week. And our player of the week this week is Buddy Vaheim. I mean, this was a really hard... It wasn't necessarily a hard decision, but we've had a lot of good athletes over the past week, especially some of our smaller sports. But I've been really looking under the radar, and I think that Buddy Vaheim really deserved player of the week this week. Let's go back since uh, February 20th. He had 29 points against Notre Dame, 21 against Duke, okay, 12 at Georgia Tech. 26 against UNC. That was just a few days ago, and he had 17 against Clemson on Wednesday. He's been balling out lately towards the ending of this season, and I think he deserves credit where it's due. Buddy Behive, Player of the Week. It was a tough choice between him and Allison Small. I mean, Allison Small with 49 saves, followed by another 35, but Buddy Behive has been too important over the last couple weeks. Plus, if all goes well for women's hockey this weekend, we'll be putting the goalie on the cover next week, I'm sure of it. For sure. Yeah, it also seems like every time I'm watching the games for uh, the basketball team, in the middle of every game I'm saying, why are you not giving it to Buddy? He's hot right now. It's been that for a week and a half. He's been playing great basketball, leading this team, and they're actually doing pretty well in the record book with him as their leader, their leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Buddy Buckets, the key thus far for this team, uh, outside of the the best thing to happen to Syracuse sports since Carmelo Anthony, uh, Kadari Richmond. I wouldn't but go that far. The best uh. thing to happen to Syracuse since Carmelo Anthony is Kadari Richmond. That is a conversation for another week, though, because we have a final word, and that is, very thankfully, playoffs. Noun. Playoffs. An additional game or period of play that decides the outcome of a tied contest. Why do we choose playoffs? Because women's ice hockey and women's basketball both enter round two of the playoffs against uh, Penn State and FSU, respectively, tonight. So, we've got a packed day of Syracuse women's sports, and it's playoff season. Men's, men's basketball will be there next week, and if all goes well during the spring, men's lacks, women's lacks, softball, men's soccer even, they're all, they'll all be there. I'm getting ready. Uh, you talk about all these playoffs, I mean... Of course, the big one is March Madness. We're waiting for them. Like I, I tell you, once March hits, I get so excited to huh. hear that theme. To, dun, 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 dun. Like I'm, I'm so hype. I, I, I can't. I, like literally, like March Madness is where 
students' grades go to die. Yep. Because it's you're not thinking about class time, you're thinking about college basketball. And I'm really hyped for this tournament. Again, Syracuse is probably not going to be in there. And my other team, Villanova, just lost Colin Gillespie for the season. But again, not having March Madness last year, this is going to be a really exciting tournament. Yeah, I remember two years ago in A-Push, just sitting there with the, the four screens open on my computer, the four tabs, and then another four and another screen, switching back and forth. Uh, what off? What a time. Tenth grade English. Got my phone taken away for watching number three Baylor in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> All worth it. Yeah, I mean, great memories. I watched the Carson Edwards-Purdue game. Oh, that was a good one. Yes, it yeah. was. No, with, and I believe, I can't remember if it was the same time, but the Taco Fall UCF game against Duke. Zion. Yeah, against Duke. Mm-hmm. So, as a Celtics fan, that those were very important times for me. That's what made me really uh, come to love Carson Edwards, and everyone loves Taco. And I'm going to guess... Not just because they're on the Celtics? No comment. Oh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to guess... Uh, that most of our viewers absolutely love Qsism. I think that's a good note to take us out on. So, Casey, thank you for joining us for a third time this season. Chile, thank you for being an excellent co-host for all 14 episodes. We'll be back (laughs) next week with hopefully some more dubs to talk about, maybe even two March Madness tournaments to preview. But other than that, we'll take it out for the week. Have a wonderful rest of your evening series. Thank you.